Street Champs, Come Get Put On. Today I'm here with a very special guest, Brandon, singer and songwriter of Bumpin' Up. How are you doing tonight, bro? I'm good, man. Just rolled into town, feeling good. Happy to be back in Colorado. Hell yeah. How long has it been since you've been here? We were here in September. Mm-hmm. Another tour? Yeah, we did um, Boulder, Colorado Springs, and Greeley. Mm-hmm. Wow. How often, uh, how much out of the year are you guys touring? Most of the year, really. Like, yeah. I mean, we're like, it's not like steady, but, um, you know, once, really once spring gets here, we're pretty much on until fall between just like club dates and then like festivals and stuff in the summer and other club dates in the fall. And, you know, we'll have like a week, two weeks off before tour, or like between tours, like sometimes like, you know, even a month or so. But it's pretty consistent. And then um, this last year, we took off for the winter, which was really cool. I think um, that's what this year's looking like as well. Wow. Before we get into all the touring stuff, I, I want to go back. Where is, where is home for you? Annapolis, Maryland. Maryland. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. How old are you? 37. Well, I'll, be, I'll be 37 in like two weeks. Okay. Um, what's it, what was growing up in Maryland like for you? Um, I mean, humid. <laughs> uh, we have like, you know, Maryland is, it's thought of by a lot of people as a southern state. I never really thought of it as a southern state, you know, it's more just kind of like home to me, but it's like just southern enough that we have, uh, people, you know, we say y'all, but it's not southern enough that we have sweet tea. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's a very like waterman based area, you know, like a lot of fishing, a lot of crabs, like seafood's really, really big in our area. Um, like I, out of high school, like I started working at a seafood restaurant, you know, I did that for a long time. There's a lot of really good seafood there. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I'd, I'd imagine, you know, I, I've been traveling a lot over the last 10 years, and what I've really realized is, like, um, pretty much everywhere is the same. You have different, or it's like, um, I feel like everyone kind of has, like, similar stories about growing up. It's just really the geography that, that, that changes, you know, and, like, like the neighborhoods and whatnot. Mm. What kind of kid were you growing up? Um... I was kind of all over the place. I, was, I played a lot of video games. I didn't start playing music until I was 17. Oh, wow. um, but I was real into I always loved music, like, from the first time I got my first CD. Um, I liked reading a lot, and I liked, you know, I, I aspired to be a writer. Um, I wrote, like, short stories and, like, did, like, live journaling. That was, like, really big when I was in high school. Um, I just always really liked writing. So then when I found... Um, guitar and like doing that like the writing thing immediately kind of like scratched an itch and it was just satisfying creatively um i was i was always like really (laughs) i was bad really bad at like making myself do anything i didn't want to do so i didn't really do well in school Mm. um but you know did you graduate i did yeah like by the skin of my teeth but i I did i got my, my high school diploma hell yeah i actually don't have the physical diploma because I graduated um, owing a credit to the, you know, like owing money to the school and they wouldn't give me the diploma unless I paid it and I just never paid it. Cause, I mean, I've never needed it for anything. So it's like. Well, you think one day you'll get it? Can you still get it like years later? I, I don't know or care. Like, <laughs> That's hilarious. It's a fucking piece of paper. It's like, I, you know, this, the, I can't, if I ever needed it, you know what I mean? But it's like, it's not like it's your birth certificate. You know? Yeah. It'd be funny if I had like a gig and they wouldn't let me get on stage until I showed them my high school diploma. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's hilarious. Um, so you said you found music at seventeen. What what kind of music like inspired you at that age? 
Um, I was real into like I was real into emo at that at that point in my life. Like Dashboard Confessional was like huge, and I was like real into that. Um, I was really into John Mayer too. Like he had just come out, and I just was into. I was always I've always been into like songwriters, like really like like lyrically kind of forward things. And you know, at that point in your life, you're like. 16 17 like everything's very emotional and like you know an extreme and hyperbolic so like i was you know drawn to that kind of stuff um but yeah throughout like from an early age when i would listen to music it was like the lyrics that would move me and then the, the music is kind of something that accompanies it but the lyrics were always something i was like really drawn to mm-hmm. hmm. um what age did you write your first your first song I wrote my first song like probably three months after I started playing guitar and it was really, really bad. And I played it at a talent show at high school. It was all like, it was like professing love to a girl kind of thing. It was really, really cringy. And I'm, I'm really glad it's before YouTube and that nothing existed. <laughs> I don't even remember it. I don't remember the lyrics or anything. Damn. We'll have to find it. Internet, do your job. <laughs> There's video out there somewhere. Um, so uh, no, no college or anything? I ended up going back to college. Like I did a little bit of community college like right out of high school and it just was not like I'm like I barely graduated high school, but I was like in the generation that you know our parents instilled in us. How old are you? 25. So I don't know if it's still like this for you, but like like when I was growing up it was just like like you went to college. Like mm-hmm. that was like if you wanted to have any kind of a future, that's what they told you to do and then you know, here we are later where it's like the college bubble kind of burst and you have a lot of people who are just like swimming in debt and they can't get jobs with their careers but um for me it was like shoved down my throat so it's like you know i went to a little bit of community college right out of high school it just did not click so i just worked in a restaurant for a while which is around the time i started the band and then i started going back to school you know after i realized i didn't want to wait tables for my entire life i didn't know that this was going to click so i was trying trying to figure out what i was going to do and i you know i did a business degree because it was practical Mm -hmm. um and i got pretty pretty close to that. I was about like a half a semester or a semester away from getting a degree in that but I just you know it was I mean, by that time you know I'd been doing it for probably five six years and that was around the time um the, you know the band was really starting to click and I just realized that I would need a lot of things to go wrong mm-hmm. for me to ever do anything with that degree um you know and I was I was paying out of pocket you know I didn't take any loans out but I was like paying out of pocket as I went through it and I was like this is just a waste of my time and a waste of my money and mm. bailed on it what year uh was that that the band kind of started to click and you said screw school it was around 2011 2012 actually maybe more like 2013 2013 sometime around that that whole period of my life is a fucking blur because I was just drinking a lot really so it's like I don't know sometime in that I'd say sometime between 2011 and 2014 when you say drinking a lot, like what, like what was your daily like consumption? I mean, I wasn't. So, I've never considered myself an alcoholic, but like I probably drank like an alcoholic, but I was like a situational alcoholic in the sense that like playing music, um, you're just. I never fucking paid for beer or whiskey. It was just everywhere, you know. So like I, you know, I'd be like at gigs. I would just always drink it at gigs, and um, like when I started doing this. Like once again, like I wanted to be a songwriter, like mm-hmm. and uh, like kind of my vision of how everything would would go, with with this was like based off like MTV Unplugged and like shit I'd seen of like bands on this huge caliber and not like what it's like starting off. So I always Im- imagine I would write these 
poignant songs and then I would play them in a room and explain them to people and they would be captivated and listening to my every word and really it's just not like that at all like no one gives a shit until you make them give a shit Mm. and it took a long long time for that so in the beginning for me like getting on stage and like doing all this shit and just like playing to people who are indifferent and didn't give a fuck it was like very anxiety inducing like I had crippling stage fright so I would get blasted just to even be able to do that and um yeah, I mean, it's not it's never like I like woke up in the morning and grabbed a bottle, but, you know, I was definitely drinking pretty heavy. Like, I would drink probably six days a week, you know? Wow. Like, um, did you ever get into anything else? Um, I Just smoking weed and mushrooms, you know, I've done, I've done um, Adderall recreationally a few times, like, enough to, like, the first time I did it, I was like, I really, really like this, and I cannot, <laughs> like, this yeah. could become problematic if I allowed it to, and, uh. Totally. But my my whole I've never put anything in my nose, so it's like I've, I always uh, would just take like a pill, you know. Mm-hmm. But never like opiates and shit. Like I, I kind of saw it like an early age what that did to people, and was just very, very turned off by it. Never wanted to experiment with it. Yeah, what was like the uh, like the drug in Maryland that everyone was kind of getting burned? Oh, oxy's and shit. Where oxy's and then heroin was mm-hmm. like very much. I mean, that's like. I, I feel like that's in our entire, my entire generation, you know, it's, it's still a problem. Um, I have seen one of the things that's like different in the country is like everywhere has like rampant drug problems, but depending on the, the area, it's either, it's either opiates or meth. Yeah, it's totally. Like they never really coincide. I mean, it's like, there's always both, but one of them is like the drug of choice. So it's like, I guess the drug of choice where I was from was opiates for sure. I think here it's meth. Yeah. Or like. It's that, it's kind of a Western thing because like I've noticed that's a big thing in California, like in like Central California, mm-hmm. and like it's like a desert thing. I don't I don't fucking know. I don't understand it. Yeah, nor do I. Um, <clears throat> all right, so the band starts clicking around 2013 or whatever. Um, who's the first addition to the band? Wolfie was like really when it when it all clicked, you know, like, um, and he's been playing. We've been playing together since 2010. At this point, that's when we started touring. Mm. Um, TJ is my fourth drummer. I went through a lot of drummers before, you know, I found TJ oh, wow. around like, I think probably 2015 at this point. Um, Ethan's my second keyboard player. He's been playing in the band for a little over two years now. Um, and Will was, you know, he, he's the first time we've had a fifth member, but we brought him on a little over a year ago at this mm. point. What is the... What is the reason your your drummers left? Four, um, kind of a lot. I mean, my first one it was just not like the right fit, and then the other two were. Yeah, it's pretty much always just like a difference in like personalities. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's uh it's hard finding like the right fit with this kind of shit because it's like you just spend so much time on the road, you know, and it's like ability is is important and it's one thing but the rest of it is like do you get along as people and it's like we're all just very very different um and in those days too it's like the money was like super fucking tight so it was like you really had to get along with each other to like really you know want to be out here so Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i could see how uh you guys you guys have a tour bus you guys live on the tour bus or i mean we rent that dude it's not that's not ours like and we um and that's like dude that's like luxurious like that is a new thing that is like something we just started being able to do in the last year and um we do that for these western runs because the drives are so long you know like anything that's like really more than three weeks um 
and it's just yeah it's, it's like there's a lot there's pros and cons just like anything else but the pros like significantly outweigh the cons because i mean it makes this whole thing way more comfortable and, and bearable because we have a driver too and then it's also you know back in the day when we were driving our van out here going over the mountains and shit dude like we've broken down so many times and when we break down like three thousand miles from home it's just fucking awful you yeah. know so like being in a rental um is great because you know it's a it's not really your problem financially you know it's your problem because you got to get to the show and you know you want to get it repaired and then be, you know but then b you're not putting wear and tear on shit that you own you know mm-hmm. what's some of the what's some of the cons of touring together on the tour bus for the upcoming musicians that think they want it oh i mean it's just space is super 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 tight but it's like there's nine of us living in an rv right now essentially nine. holy shit yeah and then also it's like the 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 trade-off of getting in the bus because it's expensive. Like the, the bus is like six hundred dollars a day. The driver's like thirteen no, like fourteen hundred dollars a week. You know, it's it's a it's a pretty big nut that you got to cover. So like when we started doing that, that's when we started selling VIPs, and that goes that goes towards paying for that. But the other way that we pay for that is we have a hotel budget when we're in our vans, so we don't get hotels when we're in the bus. Mm. So we shower at like Planet Fitnesses because you know everyone gets like a twenty five dollar month-long plan of fitness thing they're all over the country and there's a lot of bands that do this it's like a it's it's like a almost like a rite of passage for like this this stage in your career so it's like you know it's you don't get to like just get out of your hotel bed and hop in the shower you know you gotta fucking wake up like put on you know take a gym shower it's just just, once again it's not glamorous (laughs) yeah wow i did not know that yeah um what's the diet like (laughs) so that's for me um i used to be a savage and I, i would just like eat on the road, I would just, like, live off Pop-Tarts and peanut butter and jelly and, like, whatever, you know, like, Uber Eats if I was feeling bougie. I found out I had a gluten allergy about four months ago. Oh, shit. So now I'm, like, living, unless I can fly in places that, like, have gluten shit, like, I'm living on, like, Snickers, beef jerky, and peanuts because they're everywhere. You can, like, every gas station has that, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know... It depends on the it depends on the shit bag, you know. Like every shit bag has a different shitty diet on the road. A lot of guys like eat a lot of taquitos and fucking corn dogs. I loved corn dogs too. I was a huge huge supporter of corn dogs. And then you know some guys like my buddy Howie. I know you did a Ballyhoo thing. The last tour he did, he brought a, an air fryer with him, and he's like really making a conscious effort to like maintain his diet. But that's the kind of guy he is too. Mm-hmm. He's like very good at like establishing systems and like learning new things like that like i'm i don't have the, the discipline or want to put the effort in to eat like that you know what i mean like he was really really going the extra mile to make sure he ate well mm-hmm. on tour like i'm fucking lazy like just give me let me walk into a gas station and buy some fucking snickers and call it a day you know? how many snickers are you eating in like oh city? bro i'm like depending on the day like anywhere between two and five like, holy fuck five yeah. snickers a day yeah snickers give me money yo <laughs> endorse me that's crazy wow um have you have you calmed down on drinking Oh, I quit. Yeah, I quit drinking about three years ago. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. What was the last draw? I got a DUI. That was it was a bullshit DUI. Like I, I just didn't get. I got it because I wouldn't blow. And then they, um, they, uh, you know, they arrested me and they got a subpoena for my blood. And like the reason, that's just the reason I did it. It took like two hours for them to get it. You know, and by that time there was I'd only had a few drinks. You know, I just didn't, I didn't know. You know, so I just decided not to blow. And um. But by the time they got the, the paperwork, there was no blood or no alcohol in my blood. So they, they threw it out. But the whole ordeal cost me $3,000 because I had to hire a lawyer and I, they got my car, car got towed and all that shit. <clears throat> so 
I just, you know, like I said, I've been, in those that period of my life, I drank a lot. So I was like, you know, I've been drinking a lot for over 15 years. Like, I'm going to just take a break. I'm going to take a year off and see how I feel. And I did. And, you know, I, like I lost a lot of weight. Like, I felt better. My voice got way better. Like, I got more consistent with, like, my performance and, like, singing. Because um, I'd always kind of prided myself on, like, being able to just be like shitty drunk and still put on a good show because yeah. it's just like very rock and roll in my mind. But like it was, you know, I always kept it together, but it was definitely like noticeable. Mm-hmm. And it's like I'm super competitive and this this industry is really, really hard. And we're in a position that not a lot of bands get to go to. So it's like I want to see how far I can take it, you know. So like if not drinking helps that, that's it was just a decision I made, you know, to st- like, I might come back, you know, I also became a father. Like, I had my first kid four years ago, so it's like I wanted him to, like, grow up with a good example. You know, because, like, binge drinking is just, or even just recreational drinking is, like, super um, normalized in this country, you know. And it's, it really is, you know, it's, it's fun, but it's fucking poison at the end of the day. So it's, like, just having him grow up with a good example for that I thought was cool. Both of my kids, you know. But like that said, when they're grown, you know, and like maybe in the twilight of my shit with this, maybe I've accomplished all I want to accomplish. Maybe I'll start drinking again. But mm-hmm. for now, I'm just, you know, I'm on the wagon. Yeah, that makes sense. So you have two children now, you said? Mm-hmm. So you kind of quit drinking around the pandemic when the pandemic started? Dude, I quit drinking two months before the pandemic started. It was like, I kept joking. I was like, this is the wrong fucking year to quit drinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, stuck at home. Yeah. How'd that change the band uh, dynamic? Um, I changed my songwriting a lot. Um, because I used to write a lot about drinking. Mm-hmm. That's what I did. Um, it forced me to like have some like unpleasant conversations with myself and like kind of like realize what I wanted out of life, what I wanted out of this band, like w- like what I wanted to do. Like I, instead of just like having unpleasant thoughts and like drowning them I would have unpleasant thoughts and I would deal with it you know so it was there were some growing pains but it was you know it was ultimately like a super super healthy thing for myself and for the band and it's like I think it helped a lot with um spelling out like intentions and like what we all want and like what it what is expected you know and then like accomplishing that kind of shit too so like it helped overall with you know once you like do those kind of things it helps with communication in general which is like I would argue communication is the most important thing in any relationship, whether it's, you know, band members, family members, um, you know, like, you know, like boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're married. I am. How long have you been married? A while. Twenty, fifteen, probably. Is it like eight years, something like that? Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So, so it's kind of is all going in. Um, it's all, it's all kind of tying into the, around the same time frame, like 20, 2012 to 2015, all these major changes in your life happened. Would you say you're happy now? Were you, were you happy? Oh, then? dude, I'm super happy. Like, yeah, I, 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 every year of my life has been better than the previous year. You know, like, like I'd say net. Yeah, like, like looking at it from a net perspective, you know, because there's like different losses and different gains every year. You know, you, you, different chapters of your life, you experience different things like that you never thought you would have to deal with. But it's like overall, like I'm in a way better place this year than I was last year, and it's like the same thing for last year and the prior year. It's, it's you know, it's it's all just growing and, and changing and 
for me, it's I'm happy the direction it's gone. Mm-hmm. What do you see yourself in five years? Doing the same shit, making more money, <laughs> playing bigger venues. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know I love I love playing music and I love touring. I wanna um, I literally I, I want to do it until my body gives out. Really, like until I can't do it. Like I I would like to get to I would love. I would love to get to a point to be in like an amphitheater headlining band. It's not necessarily the most realistic goal, you know. That's kind of like a pipe dream for me. Like that's would be awesome. So like realistically, like where I'm at now, it's something that's like like attainable is you know just being like playing bigger clubs, selling out bigger clubs, like continuing to put out good music that resonates with people and put on like other good upcoming bands and I really just want to keep doing the same shit but at like a higher scale you know yeah I don't think that uh, playing an amphitheater a major amphitheater is out of the reach at all for you guys I don't think it is either but it's not something you can plan on mm-hmm. like I think you need some cards to fall the right way you know what I mean to get to that level whereas like even where I'm at now is like seems like a pipe dream to a lot of people but i am here Mm -hmm. so taking a few more steps forward is totally reasonable whereas like headlining a summer amphitheater tour that would probably be like 20 steps forward so it's a little more a little more luck is involved there (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. what i mean yeah um you think it's getting the right people to kind of hear you guys or how does that what what makes those cards fall into place i think it's just repetition uh, I mean, like, there's different routes that you can take. Um, having the right people hear us is, like, for me, that's that's not, like, what, what kind of band this is, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's very much just, like, um, it's, it's, we're just doing our own thing, you know what I mean? We're not, like, like I, I did that whole thing for a while where I was trying to, like, like hope like the right people would hear us and put us on and da 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 and it's just like not um it didn't make me happy mm-hmm. you know what I mean there's a lot of like compromises you have to kind of make to go that way like um and it's just something I decided I, I didn't want to do so it's like and that's like kind of what we were just talking about like like this year are you happier than last year you know what I mean like that's something I recently decided and it's for me it was very freeing and it makes this whole thing better because you just do it the way you want to do it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As opposed to like chasing some fucking carrot, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's really, for me, it's just about making a living, you know? So to answer your question, like it's not about people hearing you, it's, it's about everyone hearing you. So it's like the way, the thing that works for us is just consistently putting out music, marketing that music, consistently touring, marketing those tours, and then making sure that like the live show fucking crushes. So then the people you market to they come out and they catch the show and they're like, damn, that band's dope. And like, you make a few lifers there and it's like, you put out a, a record then you market the fuck out of it and then people, you know, they take a chance and they hear it and they're like, damn, this is dope. And then they listen and then, you know, it just slowly builds and builds and builds and it just gets better over time. Mm-hmm. It's like, once again, it's like, like pipe dreams versus what's attainable. Like to me, like that's like a very step one, step two, step three, step four thing that is achievable as opposed to like some intangible thing like I need someone to fucking hear me like how do you you know you can't plan on that you can't control that that's just like it's a great point chasing a carrot yeah it's a great point um you seem uh, really methodical and really like uh well spoken who's some of your uh 
inspirations that right now in, in kind of your adulthood that you look to kind of um, to mirror them? I don't really think about that kind of shit anymore. <laughs> like, really? I mean, like, from a songwriting perspective, uh, you know, I love, like, you know, Johnny Cash and John Prine are kind of dudes that I admire. And just, you know, I like, uh, I just like honest songwriting. I like a lot of hip-hop and just, um, I would have to think about that for a minute to, like, think of, like, who I admire on, um, like in a professional standpoint, but mm-hmm. what about uh, what about some of your uh, favorite tours that you've, that you've been on? Any memorable ones? Yeah, man. Um, this last fall when we went out with Kyle Smith, it was fucking rad. Like this one is shaping up to be good. I mean, we're only one night into it, but um, it just gets better and better. Um, some of my favorite tours were like the really, really early ones when it was just like hopping in a van with, with the boys, you know, and just doing bar gigs and kind of just figuring all this shit out as we go along, you know what I mean? Because it's very, like, it was all very, still, like, mysterious and new and, like, romantic there, or as opposed to eventually, like, you pull the curtain back and you see what shit's like, and you're like, oh, do I want to do this or do I not want to do this, you know? And then when you figure out you want to do it, you st- once again, I am methodical, so it's then I start thinking about it, like, in a clinical sense and, like, trying to figure out how to do stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. But before that, it's, like, it's all like new and, and fresh, you know. What about what about worst? Worst tour shit. Um, definitely the tour that we did. We were supposed to do with the Expendables, and we drove twenty hours to Texas. We did two. We did on the first show. We found out COVID was canceling the rest of the tour. Oh damn! So we played three shows and then drove twenty hours home. And had seven weeks worth of work canceled. You know, it was just fucking wow. so depressing and weird. Hurts your pockets, I bet. Hurts you. Oh my God, yeah. Because we, we, we had just bought like seventy or $80,000 worth of merch, you know what I mean, on, on credit. Holy shit. <laughs> and we then had no ability to sell, you know. So we were very, very lucky that we have like such a cool fan base and we were able to like do shit over the pandemic to like push that stuff and... You know, it's kind it, of resolved itself. Oh, it was fine. Yeah, we came out, we came out definitely. You know, we came out stronger on the other side of the pandemic because we stayed active. You know, we definitely like no stranger to like pivoting when shit gets gets weird. So you know, we did and we made the, the the best out of it. But it was, it was a, it was a stressful few uh, few months there for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I could imagine, man. That's that could be like soul crushing to have that huge debt over your head. Dude, that's touring though, bro. Like, I mean, we've had transmissions go up, you know. I had my first drummer broke his leg on tour once, like fucking. How? You know, you, could, you see people go to jail and shit. Like, like, <laughs> like they, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna call them out, but there's uh, a tour we did where they were bouncing around with their dad and the dad had a mental breakdown on the road and ended up he he like we were on the road touring together and the dude had a mental breakdown like when we were loading into the show and just disappeared and the police picked him up butt naked on the highway trying to fight people and shit and then he was in jail for like a week while they were doing this the rest of this run with us and what yeah i mean shit dude it's like touring is is like fucking insane at all levels you know and it's i feel like as you have more money the insanity just gets uh more channeled and 
designer themed, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. But um, essentially, all just a bunch of pirates going around doing crazy shit. And crazy shit happens. And that's what's like, takes a certain type of person to make a life out of it. Yeah. What about uh, the person your wife is? is she, does she feel, how does she feel when you're on the road all the time? She's super supportive, but she's like the polar opposite of me. Oh, really? She's a very domestic, put together, functioning member of society. What about the rest of the band? Are they in relationships or married or anything? Yeah. Um, three of them are in relationships, one single. One, only one is single? Mm-hmm. Man. Is that, does that kind of cause, like, any issues, women coming up to you guys? And no, I mean, we're all just, it's all, it's work, you know? We're all just, we're pretty, like, low, low-profile band, you know what I mean? We're just fucking doing our thing. <laughs> it's humble, I mean. Well, that's what kind of so. what I was trying to say earlier. It's like, dude, we're just, like five years from now, I want to be doing the same. Th- it's work, you know what I mean? Like, I, like I like this is what I do for a living, and I like doing it, and I want to do it at a bigger scale and make more money, you know. Mm-hmm. And then just fucking repeat until I'm dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. That said, I think we're about ready for sound check. So that's I think fair. I got to wrap this up. That's fair. Um, you want to tell people where to follow you? Pornhub. That's sick. <laughs> All right, y'all. Street champs. Like, comment, subscribe. Peace. What's up, guys? We just hit 1,500 subs. We're trying to make it 2,000. Help us out and hit that subscribe button. Thanks for watching.